0: You're listening to the Journey Podcast. Could the secrets to holistic well-being be hiding in your feet? Discover the intriguing world of functional podiatry in today's episode. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently, so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire, with real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end. This is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. In this episode, we embark on an intriguing journey into the world of podiatry, exploring the fascinating concept that our feet might hold the key to unlocking our mental and physical well-being. Through our conversation, we delve into the profound ways in which the health and alignment of our feet can influence various aspects of our overall health. As we navigate the realms of functional podiatry, we uncover the interconnectedness between our feet, posture, and well-being – Shedding light on how issues related to our feet can impact our musculoskeletal health and even our mental state. Dr. Emily Splickle, functional podiatrist and human movement specialist, is the founder of EBFA Global, creator of the Barefoot Training Specialist Certification, author of Barefoot Strong, and CEO and founder of Nobosa Technology. With over 20 years in the fitness industry, Dr. Splickle has dedicated her medical career towards studying postural alignment and human movement as it relates to barefoot science, foot-to-core integration, and sensory integration. Let's meet Dr. Emily Splickle. Dr. Emily, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because functional podiatry is such an intriguing topic for today's episode. Welcome
1: to the podcast. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure.
0: Yeah, for me as well, because it's not a topic we have covered before, and I think it's hugely important to talk about. So do you want to start off sharing a little bit about yourself and your story and how you came to work in functional podiatry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am a podiatrist. I've been licensed for the last 12 years. Uh, In addition to podiatry, I'm actually a human movement specialist. So my passion is really treating movement and movement longevity versus just the feet in isolation. And then because of just my approach in integrated health, I'm very passionate about anti-aging medicine. I started to look at podiatry from a very different perspective of how I was traditionally taught, started looking a lot at breath patterns, sleep, stress, how all of that affects our healing process. This includes all the way down into the feet. And then the more that I got into that aspect of podiatry, I started to find that my patients became more and more niche within the chronic pain perspective or the chronic movement dysfunction, chronic movement disorder, which the more that I dealt with chronic patients, I started to see a lot of the emotional complexity that comes with these patients. So I started to explore different aspects of emotional healing, holotropic breathing, different meditations, a lot of stuff as far as total body integrative functional approach with patients. And that's when I started to really formalize the Center for Functional Pediatry, which is taking this integrated approach to foot health.
0: Wow, that sounds like a fantastic journey and highlights to me that We think of a foot injury or pain in the feet, but there is so much more that goes on and so many things that we should consider when we think about that. So I'd love to dive into some of the things that you just touched on. Now, when your clients or patients come to you and they have some sort of pain, obviously affects their movement and they're having challenges in their daily lives by the time they come to see you, how do you start with assessing Is this sort of a a structural injury? Is this chronic pain that they're having? And where do you start with helping these patients with their pain?
1: Yes. So let's say that's a very complex question. (laughs) So I think the most important thing that has shaped my practice is that I spend the first part of every appointment just really listening to the patient. And a lot of patients with chronic pain or chronic conditions, idiopathic conditions maybe psychosomatic conditions just want to be heard so i am there just to hear them validate that they are heard that what they are experiencing as far as these sensations these symptoms maybe this pain is valid and that it's something that i cannot say is or is not true or what they are experiencing um so i think that's an important part of how i first start with these patients Then I do obviously very thorough history, evaluation, any sort of traditional tests that are done as far as EMG and CV, MRIs, whatever diagnosis tests need to be done. And then I spend a lot of time explaining all of the options to the patients as far as there's everything from very alternative, meaning CBD type products to acupuncture to red light to pharmaceutical to surgery. So I kind of go through every aspect and have them trust that I'm not pushing them one way or another. I'm here to guide them and to share with them all that is available. Most of these patients are often just pushed into the traditional Western medicine, pharmaceutical or surgical approach, which is very frustrating to the patients because they don't want to go down that path quite possibly. So I let them know that there is potentially these alternative options. And then I do also spend a majority of time explaining the reality of their situation, which I think is important because I see a lot of chronic neuralgias and neuropathies where they have a lack of sensation in their feet, perhaps for five, seven, 10 years and let them understand the way that the nervous system works and the repair process of nerves. And perhaps we have to do a mind shift of what the outcome looks like to them. So a complete reversal of a presentation such as that may not be realistic. So I try to navigate that with them to fully understand and come to peace perhaps with some of their diagnoses. And then because again, I do work with a lot of psychosomatic presentations or even CRPS and chronic pain presentations like that, secondary to trauma, is to help them understand how stress and emotion often can trigger these symptoms because of the way that the autonomic nervous system works. And ultimately, they are in control of that aspect of their experience. So yeah, they're long journeys I take with these patients (laughs) and spend a lot of time trying to guide them and to empower them because ultimately I'm here just to guide them. I'm not a healer per se. I don't consider myself a healer. I consider myself an educator and someone who is here to guide every patient in their own healing process. I mean, I think that's important to understand that as well as far as how I approach patients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that you integrate whatever you can for the approaches and don't sort of push one way or the other. I think meeting patients where they're at for their healing journey is is such a hugely important part of that. And you mentioned that patients want to be heard, which I think is another really important part. I'm curious how many, maybe not in numbers, but sort of percentage, How many patients do you find have an actual, let's say, um, bone or structural injury versus patients that come to you where there's other things going on that could be from stress, trauma, things that aren't maybe completely functional, but more on the psychosomatic side? Do you find there's more one than the other?
1: I mean, I do see a lot of actual Structural injuries or something that could be showing up on, let's say, an MRI or CT type presentation. However, even in that, just thinking of a recent patient that I saw that had six or seven surgeries on one foot. So there was just lots of reconstruction on top of reconstruction that is just compounding into severe pain. And I knew that a lot of what I had to deal with her was actually much more on the emotional side because of like one more surgery, that will be the thing that balances my foot. So, yeah, I do see it. I'm very familiar when I do see it because I'm very understanding. I think an important part of what I bring to my practice is that I've also been a patient. So I think it's important. Sometimes doctors forget what it's like to be a patient and to push surgery so easily or any diagnoses or just live with it, you know, is is something that patients that come to me will hear But I've also been told that from doctors when I'm the patient and I'm like, that doesn't feel good. That's like the last thing that a patient wants to hear. So how can you reframe if it's more, okay, there's not a lot that you can do to reverse your presentation, but that doesn't mean that I would ever tell a patient, that's it, just live with it. Right. That's kind of a hopeless way to word something that it would be more like, Hey, this is kind of part of our lifestyle now. How do we come to peace with it? How do we understand our emotions and how that affects it? How can we just create maybe a little less stress to the area? So you can just get a little, I call it riding under the radar, meaning, you know, can you just be a little bit under the shadow of any sort of presentation that is talking to you? So, yeah, I see both. There's interwoven aspects of emotion in every patient.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you're talking I would imagine that most patients when they hear the words of their doctor take that quite seriously and they take that as a sort of the final diagnosis. So being mindful of how that's brought across can definitely affect patients on whether they think that's the end of the line or they should keep looking in their healing journey. So I truly appreciate that you're very mindful of that also from this the perspective of a patient <laughs> so yeah I, I think that could make the difference of whether a, a patient keeps going or just resigns himself to the fact that this is how their life will be now so yeah and of course injuries and pain have such a huge emotional impact on patients as well so where do you start working with these emotional impacts that patients come to you with You mentioned some of the alternatives and when we spoke before, you also mentioned some of the techniques that you like to apply. So what are some of the things that you can bring in to help patients work with all of the different things that come up when they get injured?
1: Yes. So, I mean, one, I'm not a therapist in any way. I'm very appreciative and informed on the different modalities. So if someone does need to go through some form of, let's say, psychotherapy, then that is an option. Others, I'm a large advocate of somatic experiencing. So somatic healing, is that something based off of the presentation of the patient, kind of how it works to go? Or is it something that they can kind of self-guide, meaning meditation classes, breath work classes to that level, or part of how I reestablish stability and deep pelvic stabilization, which is just part of my approach from a movement perspective, is always breath work. So is could they just do self-guided breath work at home based off of what I'm teaching them to get into diaphragmatic breathing, to relax and control the autonomic nervous system? Maybe that's just what it looks like. There may be others that go More through a professional, meaning the psychotherapy or somatic experiencing for that, depending on how they're presenting. Most people are not as keen to go that direction because going heavy down the somatic experiencing or even psychotherapy is just like heavy and people maybe don't want to open that door, which is fine. But I just let them understand and kind of educate how these things influence the healing process. I explain a lot on. Stress, past stress, present stress, whatever it is, how it is very inflammatory to the body. It's very acidic and it can cause nerve inflammation. It can cause your gut biome to be disrupted, a leaky gut, it can cause brain fog, it can cause all these different things. So just kind of bringing that to an awareness so that they can start to understand. And I think if a patient understands the influence of stress and the autonomic nervous system on their entire immune and healing process, then these other options of, okay, maybe therapy or somatic experiencing makes sense. But if they don't, understand the powerful connection, then they'll be less apt to go down that path. Also in the sense of psychosomatic is just because I've done a lot of reading in it, is that sometimes doctors will be like, oh, it's like in your head, which is what I would never say also to a patient because everyone has their own lens and perspective at which they look at the world. I'm very understanding that everyone's just trying to like do the best they can, right? We're all just trying to survive here. So can I guide them and educate them to understand how that's affecting their feet? I think also why I'm presented with Emotion associated with their foot presentations is because it ultimately affects movement and movement is really where a lot of people find their mental well-being, their mental health is I have to be able to go on this walk. I have to be able to exercise. I have to be able to run or whatever the activity is. And as soon as you take away that movement component, which is so important to mental health, that that's really where you see the compounding effect of emotion. And that's why I think that it's important for podiatrists to appreciate it because having foot pain or any sort of foot presentation will affect movement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you lose that autonomy to be able to do certain things and even simple tasks, you know, around the house or driving, which can be affected by foot pain, it takes away a huge part of being your self and your identity even it's very surprising but that's what happens and I can imagine how that really affects someone's mental health their emotional well-being and has a ripple effect through their life through their relationships and can foot pain also affect other things in the body I mean the feet are connected to sort of everything else so do you find that patients can have that spread to other parts of their body and experience other kinds of pain as well because of their feet?
1: Absolutely. So biomechanically is probably the easiest is if someone has various presentations of flat feet over pronation, that is going to affect all the way up the chain. Oftentimes that presents as low back pain, SI joint pain, hip pain, groin pain, knee pain. So it can go up the skeleton. Also, our feet fascially and neuromuscularly are connected to our pelvic floor. So you can get a lot of deep pelvic presentations that can kind of show face. I have treated patients where they've had even like digestive constipation type issues. And it really was stemming from a lack of foot stability and foot integration. Now, the traditional podiatrist would probably not understand or appreciate or would think that that patient was toe and left field saying that their feet are contributing to persistent or chronic constipation, but it's all connected. The body is mechanically, neuromuscularly, fascially, sensorially very connected that I always appreciate how the feet do affect the body, especially into the core very much into our center, but then your center stability and balance radiates out. So anything into the hands, the shoulders, obviously the neck can be affected as well.
0: Wow. That is fascinating. I had no idea that that can connect to digestive issues and it's goes to show how everything connects together. And I agree that approaching this in a holistic way is probably going to bring a lot more resolution for patients than just saying, well, buy some insoles or take some Tylenol. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Is there anything unique about the feet and the way that the nerves end there and how that part is connected to the rest of the body when it comes to pain? Is there something special about the feet or do we feel pain sort of the same in all parts of the body?
1: So the feet are special as far as our peripheral nervous system. So central nervous system is your brain and your spinal cord. And then the peripheral nervous system, which is going to be your somatic nerves. These are the movement type nerves. And also your autonomic nervous system is part of your peripheral nervous system. Anything that is the furthest away from the spinal cord gets affected a little bit differently. Oftentimes those nerves are the first that are affected through inflammation, stress, spasm, free radical, whatever it might be, it starts to get some sort of presentation, but also what's unique about the foot is that the skin in the bottom of the foot, which is similar to the skin in the hands has a very special nerves, very special peripheral nerves that are called mechanoceptors and those can get affected in a certain way. So yeah, everything from the way that you get blood flow to your skin, the way that you were hair grows, the hair follicles, how those are supplied, what makes the muscles contract, all of that peripherally is very unique in the foot and oftentimes can tell you a lot about what else is happening in the body.
0: Mm, That is so interesting. Wow. And with all this knowledge that you have gathered through working with patients and programs that you've put on, you've also created some products to help your patients with. Uh, Would you like to tell us a little bit
1: about what you have come up with? Absolutely. So Noboso is my company and a product line, which I started five years ago. And how I had mentioned the mechanoceptors in the bottom of the feet, there is a very specific nerve in the bottom of the feet that is sensitive to two-point discrimination, which for the listeners, that's essentially what Braille is. So Braille, when you read the Braille dots, it's stimulating this nerve that can differentiate two points. All of the Neboso products have these tiny little pyramids across them to stimulate that same nerve. So it's kind of like Braille for your feet is what I say. But when you bring a very specific stimuli to the feet or to the nervous system, it will activate a part of the brain called the somatosensory cortex. Somatosensory means sensory for movement is really what it is. And the way that we control our body in space, movement, posture, resisting gravities, just standing in one place is based off of sensory perception, sensory stimulation. And then all of that information is used into the nervous system and the Motor, which is the movement. So, using the Naboso products with these tiny little pyramids to stimulate the nerves in the bottom of the feet helps to build foot awareness. It can improve foot strength. It has actually been shown to improve foot circulation. It's a form of recovery. So, we say that it helps with balance, posture, gait, performance, fall reduction. We work a lot in the neural rehab space, which is Really exciting to see it help people with MS, Parkinson's, neuropathy, spinal cord injury, be able to feel their feet again, which means that they are able to move again. So from a mental health perspective, having a chronic movement disorder like MS or Parkinson's is very hard emotionally on these patients because they see This gradual chronic decline in their movement. So, being able to help them is very powerful. Also, in the space of emotion, that I find really interesting is that the Naboso products, if you stimulate the hands and the feet, is very calming to children or individuals on the sensory spectrum. So, ADHD, autism those individuals gravitate towards the Neboso product and actually find that it calms their nervous system. And they're able to be more at peace in that moment, you could say. So a lot of our parents that might have autistic children actually really like the Naboso products. And we are in certain autism schools as well.
0: Wow. And are these insoles or shoes or how can we imagine these products?
1: Yes so we have insoles we have socks so the inside of the sock would have these tiny little pyramids and that we have it on a release balls so this is a narrow ball we have a weighted stick we have mats we have flooring we have a wobble board so we have a full product line of footwear accessories and then foot strengthening foot health accessories that can be used to stimulate the nerves to strengthen the feet and to recover the feet
0: Amazing. That sounds like a wonderful part of a healing journey. So thank you so much for sharing those products on the podcast. And I hope that the patients who try these products and listeners who are on the podcast and like to try them find relief with them and maybe tell us how they've made out utilizing the products and how they've noticed the changes in their lives. So. Yeah. And is there any other programs or services or anything that you offer in how you work with your patients? You obviously work one-on-one when you do consultations. I also know that you have some online
1: programs. Anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. So I do see a majority of my patients virtually. I spend an hour with every patient. My virtual consultation runs pretty much like an in-person meaning that you get that full experience of sharing why they made the appointment. I do the assessment via Zoom, so kind of that telemedicine where I will watch the patient stand, walk, possibly guide them through palpating their foot a certain way, possibly doing some other movements so that I can see patterns of compensation or maybe a pain presentation with them. I will review any imaging that perhaps they had before the appointment, or I will order some if it's required. Then I go into and explain really what I'm seeing I record, I take screenshots, and then I pull those up and I really explain to the patient what is going on, what I'm observing, how that affects the body, how it affects up the chain. And then I go into the personalized program that I essentially would create for the patient. And then there's that follow-up. So that, again, is done virtually or in person in Arizona, but Many of my patients are actually not even from the US. So I'll see patients all around the world who have exhausted many other professionals and are kind of at their like grabbing straws, just need someone to look outside of the box at their presentation. So that's what I will do. I do have some at-home programs that is linked on my website. So my website is my name, drmlysplickle.com. sure it'll be in the show notes. And then on there, you can see that I have several at-home programs. Right now, they're just for mechanical presentations, meaning bunions, flat feet, plantar fasciitis, because those are some of the most common presentations that I will see. And I'll take the patient through essentially my explanation of those various conditions, how to put out the fire for some of them if they're acute, and then my initial strengthening protocol for those conditions. In addition to that, I have many, many videos on YouTube, probably 300 plus videos of lectures, online courses. I have many patients that actually go through courses that are written for professionals, but they just want to really go through to understand their body. Workouts that are online. I have a book called Barefoot Strong, which is available on Amazon, Amazon everywhere. And that's a really good cliff note guide to everything that I think about with the feet and movement. Yeah, so that's most of what I have.
0: Amazing. And we will be linking to all of Dr. Emily's offerings in the show notes as well, as she mentioned. We'll be linking to her consultation if you'd like to connect with her that way. We'll also, be sure to link the YouTube channel and some of the programs that she has available. So there is a wealth of resources that you can check out. If you're experiencing foot pain or any other pain in your body that might be related to foot pain. You can check there and see what's available. Well, this has been another incredible episode, and I really hope our listeners have enjoyed this journey into functional podiatry as much as I have. This has been such a surprising episode, and you know we started off just thinking, we talk about feet, but there's so much connected to that, and I have learned so much in the past half hour, so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on this topic with our listeners. I truly appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Dr. Emily of course thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you i hope we get to do this again and we can dive a little bit deeper into maybe some of the facets of functional podiatry that we didn't get to today so thank you very much and take care thank you thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in if you enjoy the journey podcast please support us by subscribing sharing on social media and leaving us a review we appreciate you And you can find more of The Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and our website, thejourney.com. Sending you love and courage and see you next time.